0: You're listening to the Sit Rep Podcast, your home for everything related to historical war gaming. When one man picked up a weapon and battled another, we're going to talk about it. We might even play the battle ourselves, or we just might make fun of each other. But we are entertaining. And now, joining us from Merry Old England is Gaz, our resident painter, and Ralph, our graphic artist. And of course, on the good old American side, we have our historical guru, Big Jim Ariskany from sunny Florida, and here in the Midwest, representing the nation's people, dun dun dun, is Marty and G. And now, sit back, get ready, and let's battle! Everybody, this is G, and we are back for season slash series five of the SITREP podcast. And today, everybody is here for roll call. And we're going to start from the east and come west. I guess it depends on what side of the world you're on. But yeah, I think that's true, right? Yeah, east to west. Uh, So uh, over in England, we have Gaz. Hello, hello, hello. Are you back to work, Gaz? Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, trying to trying to play catch up with my stupid pilots. All right. <laughs> and then joining Gaz over there in England
1: is Ralph. Hey, Ralph, how's it going? Are, are you All still right. Are you still working from home as well? Yeah, we probably will be the last to go in and it looks like a vast majority of the way that the positioning for HE especially is blended. So there'll be a lot more online and a lot gotcha or online lectures but and then look at how they're going to do social distancing
0: gotcha all right and over here in the new world quote-unquote we have Jim Jim is in a secluded location uh, who's kindly joined us from under the sly, under the radar Jim welcome back They're looking for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a black site to put you in.
2: (laughs) Hardware drone just flew over my house. (laughs) Uh,
0: How are you doing, Jim? Oh, not too bad. Yeah. Are you feeling uh, refreshed and re-energized? Oh, yeah. Well, i never stopped. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, as always. Uh, All right. And then there is Marty who is playing with the birds. Yeah, I'm uh, enjoying the uh, the
3: fine morning that we have here in, uh, in the Chicago suburbs, and uh, glad to uh, be back on the show.
0: Excellent. And this is G, and I'm here in our somewhat... All right. Our, our studio right now is a shithole. Let me put it bluntly. I am literally surrounded by boxes and everything. I'm doing a complete teardown of everything and redoing everything. Um, and then somebody... On their time off, got the wild hair up their nose that they needed to go back to nostalgia land and bought a Commodore 64, a Commodore 128, and a Commodore SX64, and has been trying to get the shit to work. Um, <laughs> well, I hear snickers. I, I, when size what's going on? So you got oh, like a soldering iron and uh, you know, yeah,
3: uh, dust to make that thing run. <laughs>
0: My 128, it turned on the first time. It worked. And then when I went into uh, Commodore 64 mode, it worked. And then when I reset it, it didn't work. So I got to figure that one out. And then my SX-64 works fine. It needs a keyboard redone because, you know, the keyboard membrane gets tacky. But that's not a big deal. But the cartridge slot doesn't work. The Commodore 64 seems to work, but it doesn't like to talk to modern TVs. So I'm trying to figure that out. So... Yeah, that's uh,
2: what... I, I was definitely not the one of the ones <laughs> signing or sneaker. We uh,
0: yeah,
2: were well, definitely not one of the ones signing We were live streaming a
0: PlayStation 1 um, like earlier this week. I saw that. and so As far as retro nostalgia goes, hell yeah, I mean, let's go for it. All right, so Jim, I'm, I've got something in my hand that will probably make you a little teary-eyed. It's, it's from a company called SSI. strategic uh, simulations
2: started by James Dungan the inventor of Panzerblatt
0: there you go and it is the war game construction set
1: oh god I remember that
0: (laughs) and inside it came a copy of Combat Leader from SSI as well so yeah Uh, and then I had no idea Avalon Hill made games for the Commodore I have a mint in box uh, copy of uh, Wooden Ships and Iron Men Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was
1: like, oh. Nice and I think SSI did the Renegade Legion conversions for the... Yes. For the gate computer games. It was games originally or... a FASA
2: license, but they did, uh, like, least yeah. have the license for their, um, for their for PC that. adaptations. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have Interceptor on Abandonware on SSI uh, for Renegade Legions, but um, none of the others. I think, I think Interceptor was the only one I have. Mm.
0: So as soon as I can get these computers working... I will actually be doing s- diving into some of that as well. So, and then I got a copy. Do you remember Zork? Oh my God! <laughs> I do Zork One Commodore sixty four right here in my hand. Troll with a stick. Yep. Oh, I remember the glory days.
3: I'm obviously way over my head with the amount of going
0: on right now. You know, the funny thing is, if you put this game in today's hands, people would be flipping out going, what is this? Mm-hmm. I actually got to write something. It's not just push a button and move a joystick. Oh, the good old days. Anyway, so I'm getting a new... When a- Sid <laughs> Rump is
2: supposed to be historical war game, you're supposed to, the, the, the The battles are supposed to be in history, not the war no, no, are no, the ten- Right?
0: <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, so that's what I've been working on um, and a nice thing. So guys, the, the purpose of the first episode of season five is to discuss where do we go from where we've been? What do we change? What do we improve? What ideas are out there? And for all you listening, please comment. Give us ideas. You know, we want to shake it up and do some, you know, really good things and exciting things. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, I stepped away from OTT, so I no longer have that commitment. So this is my primary and sole responsibility is to this. So... Um, Thankfully, work is starting to calm down. Uh, The coronavirus seems to be on the downslide, so I'm not being uh, pulled into work as much as I was, so that's nice. So,
1: all right, let's kick off with some catch up. Um, Can I bring it back? Well, it'll, yeah, it'll please. Going to go into the news, but let's bring it back to retro after we've done the catch up because okay. some news announced. All right, well. It's sort of retro. Okay, so don't forget.
0: So in case we start going on one of our typical tangents about things. Um, so first of all, let's catch up on the, our long standing project, 13 days, 13 hours. Um, We've got most of the miniatures painted at this point. I think all the bad guys are pointing. I think I have like two or three I found that I can add to the pool. So what we need to start working on is refinement of getting every the miniatures ready and uh, doing like ID cards, you know, like stat cards for them. Uh, Ralph, I thought you had a template at some point. Like I sent you, I sent you one. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to uh, start putting those in and identifying each mini with their stats. So we're going to have to come up with their stats. And we did Decide everybody uh, to use skirmish. Yes, is that what we're going with? Skirmish. It was skirmish. Anger. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, what I can do is well is I'll send you through the stat card again because it's in a PSD file. Okay. If you open up Photoshop, it'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. I'll send you through the Excel sheet so you can just put in. Um, like when you cause the way Sangin worlds, as you know, as so you roll yep. a ten for the body type, yep, and then you can then it's just a collection of drop load of drop downs that are in the rule book, you know, cool. like uh, Grenadier or things like that, and then it'll just create the the numbers for you, and you just put them into into the PSD file.
0: Perfect, perfect. So Gaz, since you're playing
1: the baddies. Yep.
0: Do you, you have a copy of Skirmish, yes? Yes. Okay. So maybe on an episode of like Thursday night or whenever it's convenient for you, you know, depending on your work schedule, obviously, uh, maybe you could start creating like the leaders, you know, picking out your leaders and creating uh, the character. you know, the stats for them.
4: Yeah, I understand which of my models I'd like to be the leaders already. Okay. People I put more paint into. Okay. Um, which is quite cool. Uh, I was thinking of doing um some photos of nearer the top half of the minis uh-huh. you can put them into the cards
1: okay yeah, there's, so you can there's, visually see them nice there's room on the cards uh, for an image as well good yeah it, so it's um, the same uh, template i used for my spectre special ops and stuff like that, that are we
4: thinking full body then or is
1: it um you could do full body and you just do the, the the block is the the square on the card is a specific size as you can imagine yeah Yes. Yeah. what i try to do was even though these are huge images. When you scale them down to say go on an A5 or smaller, it keeps you know the, the quality so you can see what it is. Yeah, um, so you can do full body, you can just take like the top half and just drop the image into the you know into the PSD file. Or if you take the photographs and write the stats, send it through, and I can always put them into the PSD file and then send the PSD file on the, on the G or whatever to print off. Yeah, because I'm assuming you don't have Photoshop, do you guess? No. Yeah. OK. So the easiest way to do it, I think, for the the, light, the stream would be for guys to possibly use the Excel sheet of that I'll send through because uh, yep. you can fill that in and then just save a version of it off and send it and then yep. with the images. <laughs>
0: awesome. Good. Uh, so, Jim, does this affect anything as far as the uh, transit game if we have oh. stats for different leaders and things?
2: No, not really, because okay. the transit game is not going to be the same um, opponent forces or the same opponent personalities as the uh, as the compound game. The the, the forces going to be involved in the transit game are going to be in the streets of Benghazi between the two compounds. OK. And I don't think they're going to be any of the same people, even if they are. The transit game is handling them in a, in a, a much more generic kind of a fashion. Perfect. Um, There's like leaders, there's like hardened uh, militia, and then there's like, you know, ambivalent Militia and friendly militia, and so on, and so forth. But because we wanted the game to be, the transit game, to be very flexible. And very fluid as in people are literally changing sides in the middle of the battle that's going kind to of make game balance very fun um, you know because you got militias who are they're first ambivalent and then they become friendly as you convince the Feb 17 guys to actually join you uh-huh. and then you've got you know ambivalent militias who someone shoots at them and now they're hostile and then you've got hostile militia who loot enough and now they leave they become ambivalent because that you know because of all that, the actual like personalities and leadership abilities of like the individual uh, like militia commanders, all that stuff has to be handled in a very generic fashion. So as far as like how specific it's gonna get, um, I'm following your lead as far as the compound game. okay. The, the
0: game is gonna be a lot, more, uh, a lot more rounded off as far as that goes. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Um, so, guys, um, so we were discussing off – off. I was going to say off-camera, but off-recording um, – that I think the plan is going to be to allow us to fine-tune everything and get scenery to where we want it and everything ready is that we're going to play the game on the anniversary of the Benghazi. So, September 12th. Was it 2012 or 2011, Jim? I always get the year wrong. I thought it was 2012. 2012. Okay. 12. Yeah. So we'll do it on September 12th of this year. Um, Do we want to do the transit game before that date? So it gives us time to – adjust as far as who gets the who lives, who dies, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then it still keeps people into the f- gist of the game. Uh, do you guys think that it would be ideal to do the transit before September? Uh, maybe not before September, but maybe like one week before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that way. because that, yeah, that would
3: end up being a marathon game if we did both the same yeah.
0: time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get
2: you. Yeah. Don't do <laughs> both at the same time, but don't have too much time because then people lose interest. Sure. Or they forget about it. Yeah. You, so yeah, wait like like one week.
1: Yeah, you could do the transit games here, during one of the streams on a Sunday. Uh huh. And then the following week is the actual physical minis shooting each other in the face
0: excellent yes
1: so here's the plan I'm looking at the calendar so
0: September 5th is a Saturday mm-hmm. and then September 12th is a Saturday so the fifth will be the transit game if everybody's good with that uh, that's Memorial week or Labor Day weekend uh, anybody have huge plans for a Labor Day weekend I know I well, uh, well. See, here in the United States, we had an oppressive government, and we over, you know, we riled up and said, you know, enough is enough. You can't abuse us, blada, blada, blada. So now we have a holiday. Had was that? <laughs> uh,
3: wait, I believe that that holiday is on the Fourth of July. The. Uh- <laughs> Labor Day is actually where we rose up against our own government and said we're tired of your oppressive work practices and putting our children to work Right. and we're going to give ourselves a day off
4: <laughs> You guys have holidays for everything It's like medals on uh, your military personnel <laughs>
3: oh! 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 It, it sounds like this yes, is jealous on April. a
1: couple <laughs> of
0: levels <laughs> Dang did that one <laughs> wow! Do you hear that, Marty? I said, "Gaz is just uh, he is." I'll have you know, Gaz, I got a medal from the governor of the state of Indiana because I wired our <sighs> our company area on the flight line with so much booby traps that a raccoon set one off and got on fire. I had that place wired so tight nobody could get through when we were preparing for JRTC. So, pfft, on you, buddy.
3: Ooh, the governor of Indiana.
0: I know, right?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would that idea the, the raccoon defense ribbon. Exactly. And I got a coon skin cap to go with it. Woo! There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, back to where we were. See, Tand, we're famous for tangents. Um, So let's do that. September 5th um, will be the transit game and September 12th will be the miniatures game. Everybody good with that? Okay. Excellent. I'm just trying to plug in my headphones because I think my headphones are about to die because the battery seems to be dying. I haven't used it in a while. Um, other than that, uh, so Marty and I uh, met last weekend, and we looked at what we're doing for the walls. Um, so, we decided, so we decided we're going with what? Cork, right? Yeah, 60 millimeter high uh, cork walls. So i think that'll be about the right height does anybody know what the true height of those walls were
4: Um, there is a standard template but it's it kind of hit and miss because it wasn't exactly a diplomat compound it was an overseas so not really sure is the answer but to be honest you want to in in that type of game you don't want the walls to be too high anyway because you're going to be reaching over them to move models in the compound uh-huh. Um, so they're there as an indicator. So that's perfect, really, because if it was any higher, you're going to be potentially catching the wall when you lean in, lean out, knocking stuff over. So it's it's like what you have in some games when you're in quite a large township. Sometimes you just build up the walls there a little bit, so you're not knocking around buildings and such.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the,
3: the they're high enough that it'll uh, it'll define uh, the space and provide a good uh, you know border for uh, for the table. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The, and they're still high enough to provide cover, you know, uh, uh-huh. and uh, you won't be able to, you know, uh, easily uh, maneuver over them. But they're low enough uh, that uh, we'll still be able to reach into the table, and I think they'll be scaled fairly correctly. So, Good. Sounds like a yeah. plant. So, uh, we'll what, s- what thickness cork were you looking to use? Okay.
1: Uh, I have five millimeter cork. I think it's five. It might be four. Uh, it, should, it should be five. I'm just, cause I, when I was looking at building terrain and stuff, I was looking at um, foam board instead of cork for some of the stuff, cause it gives you, it's a little bit more rigid cause the cork I found here was, was um, wasn't as sturdy as I had planned. So, yeah, so, you that, know the foam board that you can get from like dollar store and stuff and just peel the paper off and that normally that normally works and that's a okay, case about five millimeters
3: yeah yeah the uh, uh, so we had looked at doing that and I had, I had mocked up uh, some sections of wall that uh, were made out of foam board and then covered with uh, a thin layer of filler mm-hmm. and and we decided that we like the uh, like the look of the corky uh, yeah. better and mm-hmm. it'll be good and solid once uh once it's all painted up yeah you know, mm-hmm. it's a, and the sections aren't going to be terribly long, so they won't get all wavy. Yeah, you know th- they're probably going to be about a foot long a piece. Mm-hmm.
4: So, I mean, yeah, if was- you grit, if you grit and filler. A few grit and filler, the exterior, which is also something you can get from any hardware store. Uh, it'll take one. It'll take paint better. Two, give it some weight so they don't fall over as easy. Uh, and three, gives texture, which is mm-hmm. kind of what the that sort of concrete wall would have been out there
3: yeah yeah because yeah, it's um because most of the concrete walls almost look like they're they've been stuccoed if if in fact they haven't been you know because yeah most of that stuff out there's uh you know like it's a concrete block wall that's been covered yeah. in something for the nice purposes
4: um, I've seen some really good where a guy just literally ran a brush down because you know how you get the concrete that almost has the vertical lines when it's laid um, yeah he just ran a brush vertically down as it before it dried so it had all those little little uh, striations running vertically up the walls which was quite cool and then he just run a pen or a pencil every so often to give a break as if they'd got a concrete slab and then hook those two together as well which was quite cool
1: I saw yeah. a really good one from um, Sarissa put out put out a load of guides yeah and <laughs> one of the guides they put out because it's free it was a PDF you could download the sheets and what it was was Um, some sheets of basically where the wall is cracked. So it looks like the plasters come away and not like the stucco has come away. And you can just paste these, cut these pieces of paper out and that's what they did. And then just put them on and then using uh, like a blending technique with some wash, wash the paper into the the side of the Sarissa building that's been painted. And it looks like it's all part of the model. Yeah, it's really good. I'll, I'll find the PDF because uh, yeah, I please. downloaded it from Ceresa and I'll send it to. They did it yeah. on the, um, the French, the, sort of the, the, the uh, it's not an Arabian fort, but it's sort of that French foreign legion style. So it's like a French fort. During that sort of period of time, It looks really good.
4: Have you worked out how much length you need to make?
1: About twenty-four linear feet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so let's go with whatever's easiest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hens, Regardless of whatever that, whichever, whichever method. Hence is. the cork. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, the cork looks really good once you do the primer and uh, what are? It's not spackle. What are you using? So on the cork, all I use is. Uh, uh, an
3: emulsion paint. Uh, okay and, uh, there's, uh, the one that I showed you had, uh, three coats in total. So it, it starts off, uh, light and it's got more PVC, uh, or PVA glue in it than, uh, than paint, uh, yeah. you know, because I want it to soak in there and uh, give some rigidity to the the cork, and then uh, as I do additional layers, I add more paint towards my final color, and then kind of throw a wash and some weathering on it.
1: Uh, yeah, it to, looks good. Uh, Got in it, there. Yep. Yeah. You can you can also just paint it on a bit on one layer, and then leave a gap so it goes to the cork, and it looks. Then it will give you that idea of some of the stucco, some of the outside walling falling off. Yep. So you know you can get sort of that sort of texture and stuff underneath, and then paint that a slightly different color, like a like a pinky white you know like the other thing and yep. it'll, it'll sort of give you that effect as well if need be Excellent. Yep.
0: alright so uh, sounds like the plan is September 5 will be the transit game I am extremely looking forward to that And then on September 12th, the anniversary, we will do the miniatures uh, game. And in the meantime, we are going to start uh, getting together our supplies and we'll start filming uh, construction of the compound. Uh, You good with that, Marty? Sounds like a plan. Excellent. I'm
3: I'm, I'm super excited to be able to, you know, get together and actually do some of this stuff again. You know, the whole Rona thing has derailed uh, our our progress
0: here. Hey, but let's be truthful last weekend we celebrated corona with coronas so it's, it is true <laughs> we did do that
2: <laughs> all right so the year is 2012 um the date the attacks actually started on the 11th September the 11th and then extended into the into the early morning hours of the 12th okay um just before anyone like wiki us or whatever uh, but I mean I don't suggest that we start on the 11th and the fourth because and then now we're doing it on a Friday. Right. So, yeah, let's yeah, do it still either uh, f- uh, 5 to 12 or uh, even 6 to 13, you know, either sometime that weekend. Yeah. Uh, so that we can get, you know, good audience, good participation. Yep. See
0: so, right yeah, up. we're going to start hyping it up now and we're going to promote it weekly all the way up to it. Ralph, I really, mm-hmm. really need some good, outstanding graphics or something to promote the 5th and the 12th, bud. I'll, I'll have a look, see what okay. I can find. I'd appreciate it. All right. So, that takes us up to our current projects so what do we do to improve this podcast going forward does anybody have suggestions or ideas don't all speak at once. well it's not perfect as it is <laughs> there's always room for improvement the day you stop learning and stay stop improving is the day you did
2: are we talking about the podcast or the channel in general yes Okay. Um, the podcast, <laughs> no. in ge- I mean, the channel in general needs a lot more than just a risk tired Panzer Leader, Panzer General, yes. and Valorant Victory. I you agree. Know, we need, um, I know it's really hard to do miniature gaming online and uh, to actually show like webcam, like live battle reports, but before we ask the community like w- what they want us to do, we gotta have to address what they've already asked us to do like 10 times. Yes, I agree. And I know that's like, that's like super hard. I'm not even gonna, you know. You know
0: yeah, for anybody who's never filmed a um, video regarding uh, a miniature game. It is not just set a camera down and go for it. It's, it is it, it is hard. Um, Speaking from experience, it takes a lot of time and effort. Um, but we don't have to make it super fancy. I mean there are ways we can do it. I mean, we have the equipment here in the studio, obviously, so I, I agree with you, Jim. It's something that everybody's been screaming for. And I was looking at the demo board I got from Adepticon last year and I thought maybe as just a, a you know, a test run, teaser, whatever if you will, uh, we could film a quick I was thinking it, what if we did like a quick thing of Specter, uh, you know, uh, introduction to Specter versus an introduction to Contact Front, it, it versus an introduction to Skirmish or Ultra Combat Modern, you know, and give people kind of a compare using the same board, so and then using essentially the same minis if possible, and just using the different yeah, rule sets forces. and doing a comparison and say, okay, this is how this plays, this is how this plays, this is how this plays, so
1: yeah, that that would be. I mean, um, how big was the board again? Was it two by two? It's a two by two. two. It's a two by two. Two by two. Then I would say you were probably looking at, I would say because of the size of it, you're looking probably at a small, probably four on four. Yeah. I think it would be the best way of doing it, and you could easily do that with with all three games. I think you could probably do better with Sangin because I've not received my Ultra Combat yet. You got got a PDF, though, didn't you? I got the I think we've got the PDF Yeah we got the, the PDF
0: Yeah that's the final one
1: Right If you're a um, backer You got
0: the yeah. final PDF Yeah it's,
1: it's Days What are days Days merge Yeah <laughs> Yeah I know It's all um, every days a Monday be, These days it feels like it. Um, <laughs> it feels. It, it might be worth though, possibly doing it as a sang in because that might be because that's the game system we're using for 13 days, 13 hours. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll probably start with skirmish and then go. Mm-hmm. You know, and just give everybody a little overview. And this is how this plays. This is how this plays. Because it would be simple. The board is done. We have plenty of minis already done. And it's literally, let's just get this rule set out and we just play through a a quick intro, you know, of each one. Um, and that would fill, uh, some miniatures, uh, you know, time on, on on the podcast, uh, the channel. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Jim is definitely picked up the weight on, on, you know, like Sundays, uh, with his, you know, whatever he's broadcasting that day. And I definitely want to start getting some stuff, you know, now that things have calmed down a little bit. Um, You know, and Gaz definitely has gotten the painting niche under his belt, you know, our Bob Ross. So (laughs) I I think we've got potential for a lot of good uh, quality um, content. So... Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a matter of getting that, you know, but the, again, the other thing is about this podcast, we're all doing this because we love the genre and, and the hobby. I don't want it to become a task where people are like dread. Oh God, I got to do it this, you know, I got to do this, I got to do it this weekend. So, um, I don't want it to become that, um, because yeah, if you start doing that, then it's no fun. The audience picks up on it and you know, so stuff like that. So.
4: Um, I'm still waiting on a, like a collapsible table for my front room. Uh-huh. It's um, it's one of these that comes in. However, many I think it's six segments, so you can fold out up to a two by two, a four by four, and a six by four. Oh wow! Uh, you just fold the legs out to basically put it to different sizes. But uh, Mark uh, has talked me into some blood red skies. Really? So I like look at getting a, a camera set up above the table once we get it on the small four by four. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> took on a uh, like a, a sky down mat, some clouds, and uh, nice. maybe some, some blood red. Skies videos. So it's, I know it's World War 2, but it's kind of a, a part of World War 2 we not really touched on too much.
1: No, that'd be good. Yeah, because there's, there's the bullet Skies, and it's not Cruel Sea. it's the other one, isn't it, that does the bigger ships? Yeah. Um, the one that they announced. Uh,
0: War think it's the yeah. larger ships. The one that I uh, purchased whole... all the starter sets or I'm waiting on, yeah. As far as the
2: whole moratorium on World War II goes, number one, that was only a personal thing for me. I'm not expecting the rest of the team to go by that. And number two, I was just asking that we stay away from the classic like Northwest Europe land battles. You know? Yeah. The U.S. paratroopers versus German, you know, infantry, bolt action, here we go again. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of thing. Because, I mean, not that it's not interesting, but everyone
3: does it. Right. There's, so, yeah, there's plenty yeah. of it out there already. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: There's plenty of Stalingrad as well at the moment. That seems to be the big, thing that everybody's jumped 2 feet into.
0: Well, yeah,
1: Stalingrad. Uh, all right, let's be clear. I
0: we none of us are saying don't do this. Yeah. We just don't want it to become the World War 2 channel. Mm. Because it, that's the low-hanging there. fruit, right? The low-hanging fruit is World War 2. So, you know, because it's, there's so much on it, there's so much content, there's so much product. It's a very easy thing to get into. Okay. And, and to Jim's point, there's so much more to world war two than Western Europe. Right. Um, there's Burma. I would love to see some product, you know, content on Burma. Um,
3: yeah. you now, know, the train tutor did an awesome Burma board too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, You had the whole South, you know, South Pacific uh, battles. You know, I personally, if I was Jim and a true Marine, I. (laughs) Here we go. That's cool. That's cool.
2: I I think I I think I know what she's going to say. And I think I already agree Uh, that (laughs) I would explore
0: the campaigns of the US Marines in the South Pacific you
2: know um, Yeah. so here's what happened uh, you <laughs> see we started doing Op Center yep. back in the day Yeah. did four episodes and four episodes and four episodes yep. Arab Israeli Wars yep. and Vietnam yeah And we did like one uh, special one just because it was the 70th of Iwo Jima, and I I wasn't supposed to be like part of a series. I just kind of threw it out there. Yeah. And now Op Center is like this weird, like 13 piece, you know, playlist. Yeah. All right, you had four. Yeah, you had three good series, and you had like this one, like you know, cockeyed Uh. outlier by itself out there. So sometime in 2020, I was thinking about getting back into it, at least doing three more Pacific themed oh, nice. op centers so that we could put both of them together with that Iwo Jima one that we did on 19 February. Oh, nice. And let have a four part um, completed sort of a series on yeah. that uh, on that subject.
0: Nice. You know, because honestly, and I'm going to be truthful about it, of all the uh, content or areas of conflict in World War II, some, South Pacific is the one I know the least about, and it seems the most interesting because to me – and I I think everybody would agree – The conflict, the way it was fought is completely different than how things were done in Europe and Asia. So, right. Um, so, you know, Asia, I'm talking about Soviet Union or Russia at the time. So, um, you know, you had different equipment, the fighting styles are obviously different. Um, the, the, the challenges of terrain and everything was obviously different, you know, with all the amphibious assaults and, you know, so you know, even from, even from the air power standpoint, it was completely different. So well, and there was a two, there were two combined, air, uh, combined arms battles,
3: uh, using all the, the branches of the service. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, much more yeah, than a you had of,
2: in your- That's going to be like more central Pacific, which is what I was going to stick to. Okay. Um, because technically the Pacific is divided into two, central and south. Okay. But with the three parts left over, we're just going to do maybe um, also like stuff I have and, you know, the photos I already have and miniatures I already have and things like that. He's done Iwo Jima, so Late War Central Pacific is done. Something about how carrier air power works, like the naval battles in the Pacific, Guadalcanal the goes back down to the south part of the Pacific you were talking about. Uh-huh. And then uh, that's three, I'm not sure what the fourth one would be yet, but... Um,
0: it you know be would be interesting? P- would the battle of the Coral Sea?
2: Yeah. I was like, like Carrier carrier battles in general. Yeah. Because if we just did carrier battles, like we started getting into individual battles, you have Coral Sea, Midway, Santa Cruz, um, Philippine Sea, Leyte Gulf. You know, it just goes on and on and on. You have like 50
0: parts before you know it. You know, something just popped in my head. How about Uh-oh. a hypothetical? I know. What, what about a hypothetical? Um, say Pearl Harbor didn't happen, would, would, or, how, you or, know,
3: or, how, or say that we understood the warning and responded or
0: the carriers got hit, you know, how would that have all changed, you know, the way, so, did, so those are all, you know, ideas to think about what if, yeah, We didn't lose the battleships, or what if we had a big battle outside of Pearl Harbor because we intercepted the Japanese fleet, or what happens if the Japanese actually caught our carriers, you know, just some different what ifs.
2: Uh, the answer to all those questions is everything gets pushed back exactly one year. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Um, the Asley's class carriers were already under construction. The first one was launched at the end of 1942. Okay. Commissioned to like February of 43. So um, it just would have taken a little longer to come back.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's no fun. I no. thought there was going <laughs> to be this big, you know, story. Now, or-
2: it gets more interesting later on when it's like, okay, in July and August of '45, when the bomb is developed, we're not at Japan's doorstep yet. We're still back at um, you know the Philippines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we think about you know dropping a bomb on the Philippines or Okinawa or Iwo Jima or anything like that? Because huh. you know, by now we have those weapons in our arsenal, but we're still back like where we were historically at the end of '44. Gotcha. Or middle of '44.
0: And then the question is. When Yamamoto died, when we shot him down, was he still as influential as he was? I mean, if he had survived, would that have changed any outcome of the war, do you think? Or just delayed it, or...
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a planner, he's an executioner, uh, you know, of, of, you know battle plans or whatever. He was very uh, politically influential in the government of Japan at the time. Yeah. And when he goes down, um, it doesn't really affect Japan's resources, which are the real problem. Also, uh, Yamamoto never really did anything against the American submarines. Yes. Yeah. Which was probably one of the more decisive arms of the service. Uh, not to completely derail the subject, but okay, if, if Yamamoto's... Survives uh, the summer of forty-three, um, which he didn't historically. All that really is going to do is that's going to maintain more Japanese Navy influence over their government because the Japanese government is there is no like one dictator. We all talk about Toho. We all talk about the, 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 the emperor had like nothing to do with anything. It was really like a council divided between two branches, the Army and the Navy. There was no Air Force. There was an Army Air Force and a, and a Navy Air Force. The Japanese mil- government was won by the military and it was always this tug of war between the Army and the Navy. As long as Yamamoto was there, the Navy was, at, if not dominant, at least you know on par with the Army. Mm-hmm. The second, Yamamoto gets knocked out of the box, now the Army starts taking more control you start leading to much more bad battles for the Japanese Philippine Sea the retaking of Guam Saipan Tinian, all that stuff like that maybe that gets pushed back a little bit I mean who knows
0: interesting um,
2: yeah yeah
0: all right. There's a lot of food for thought. So, you know, uh, definitely uh, area of exploration. Like I said, I agree with Jim. We need to stay away from Western Europe um, and do some of these you know lesser known areas. Uh, I, you know, when you said submarines, it brought me back. You know, we were talking off uh, recording. Uh, I recently started going back to my love of Commodore computers. And I am going to get an Amiga, by the way. Um, uh, do you remember the game Silent Service? They used oh, like,
2: yeah, I used to play that.
0: So I saw a copy of it. I think I'm going to get it. But I'm not having very much luck with discs, you know, from 40 years ago, 35 years ago. You know, they degrade so quickly. So I might um, – I got an SD conversion thing to go with my Commodore. So I might, you know, just download the files and, you know, try – but I played that game for hours. Um, so, you yeah, know, that's another good area. Submarine warfare during World War II. Yeah, so, I mean
1: – what was the one I saw? I I was an Atari owner, yeah, and I used to play Gunship. Remember, yeah, remember Gunship? Yeah. Well, there's a as most gamers know, there's Go. What's called GoG, which is on, which is I think owned or has. Part ownership through CD project Red, who's the company behind the Witcher games and stuff like that. Yeah, they do a site called GOG, which is called Good Old Gaming. Mm-hmm. And on the PC, you can get old games. So they've got a load of MicroProse stuff. So you can find Gunship. Nice. And I think it's got AT- uh, the M1A1 uh-huh. game as well. That MicroProse did a load of MicroProse stuff. Um, it has the Commando games by edos which yeah. were the tactical, yep. stealthy games, which were really fun to play. Um, but I used to play like F-117 and gunship constantly. Yeah. You know, just hours of just plugging into a, you know, a not very good flight simulator, you know, but yeah. still at the time yeah. period, yes. Yeah, it was great. It was, you it know, it's great. Um, the one, the other one, that's, what was the submarine one? Oh, not harpoon. It was Red, red, it was Storm, red Storm Rising. Rising. Yep the other was the submarine one that they did which was based on Tom Glancy's Red October Red October well it was based on the book uh, and the other one I had was Harpoon yep remember those which was a bug had to play yep So, you know, there's 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 a lot of gaming out there. There is a game on the PC now, which is a, I think it's a replica of the board game, you know, the U-Boat board game.
0: Yes. You know, I was thinking that when Jim mentioned this, the submarine stuff, I was like, you know, there's a really good modern game that came out. Was it last year, year before now? Mm-hmm. As time flies. Called U-Boat. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I thought, why not get a group together and we can video or do a live stream of us playing U-Boat? Mm-hmm. Um I think that would be really cool. So I'm gonna get my hands on a copy of U-Boat because I don't have it. I backed it in Kickstarter, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm probably never gonna play this game, so I kind of backed yeah. out of it. Now I wish I had. Um, so, but there's yeah, a, there's a version of it on the PC on Steam. Is there? I, you know what? I wanna yeah. play the board game version. Yeah, the board game sings But I'm just saying because I want move, the submarine know, with all the resin pieces and <laughs> you know all that good stuff. You know, Gaz, that might be something for us to do when you come over. When are you coming over next winter? you <laughs>
4: Uh, yeah, it's all dependent now on what happens, really. Yeah, uh, now that I the should, world has changed. Uh, yeah, next next so. Christmas, uh, if they don't extend me. Yeah. yeah so. Because uh, they're, they're screaming out at the minute, so I'm going to stick in for an extension and see what they offer.
0: Awesome. Good for you. Yeah, I remember the yeah. conversation we had. What was it, last year you were getting out, and then all of a sudden you extended, and now you're looking to extend again.
1: Yeah,
0: you're, again you're a lifer, years. my friend. You're a lifer. Lifer.
4: Uh, 23 <laughs> years in, which is a year more than... My basic service there you go Uh, good
1: for you yeah uh, nice job bud nice job but that increases your benefits as well little guys doesn't it
4: yeah, it does help when you yeah. get out. Oh, I'm still on the old yeah. schemes where you still get a lot of um, uh, sort of initial payments out when you leave. Good. Uh, the newer ones, obviously, the new guys come in on it's just a pension when they retire if they live long enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's awesome. Um, so we, we're, Our, we're looking at possibly the Pacific, South Pacific, Central Pacific, whatever Jim decides to do, like island hopping or however he wants to do it. I know I have the Alamo set coming. Uh, From Sarissa, that big Kickstarter that they had. Uh, I had an
1: idea kicking around my brain of sorts for a while. Go ahead. Which was a stealth sort of detection game where either one person or group of people are ninja. Set in feudal Japan. Yeah. Was it you know trying to do the stealth mechanics and you know either a board game or something digitally you know that you that you know uh-huh. that you can play where you know it's it's a bit like the as guys and you'll remember it's a bit like the way Tenchu used to work on yeah. the, or the the old the old P, the old um, PlayStation games and stuff where you know you are ninja but the idea would be is either a group of them or you have um, that are trying to infiltrate to assassinate a you know, a local governor or whatever. So the maps could be completely random. Yeah. Cause you, there's a, there's digital. I've got, um, a couple of are back for D and D maps and, you know, D and D assets and stuff uh-huh. for creating maps. Um, one of them has just created a load of feudal Japan Oh, nice. assets. So it's, you know, like the, the, the tea house and stuff like that. Uh huh. um, so, you know, from a digital point of view, it's probably easily done. It's just coming up with some mechanics, Yeah, finding something, you know, working with someone. So it might be worth something I take off, you know, will take off. And I'll either speak to yourself, you know, yourself or Jim or Gaz and we'll try and work something out. And that oh. might be worth something to, you know, like a almost like a game design yeah. series of sorts. Cool. Sounds I think good.
4: it'd be good to do, um, to pair it up with a physical and a digital to prove that you can... Yeah pair them as in do them do the same game in both mediums yeah there you go Um, I've got some ideas of how to do the fog of war because it's something I've already been looking at as well Yeah, Um, I've just got my latest Dragon Empire um, set of files for Dragon Empire Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Titan Forge's Dragon Empire yep. from the patron. And that's introduced some new elements that are historical. Any so ninja? you've got the uh, the single shot, um, original sort of muskets, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And there is, yes, there is Ninja. Oh! So, miniature-wise, there are three or four ninjas, uh, and then between the the Ashigari, uh, the Bowman, the Spearman, the Warriors, the Samurai, the Samurai Lord, the Geishas, I could pretty much field board mm-hmm. uh, and in this latest one they also did buildings as well as yeah. in a previous one they did all the walls and some scatter terrain so I can pretty much print the board as well nice mm-hmm. um, I would suggest we maybe do it hex so that yeah. Jim can tie in with a hex based game and I think that's the only way we could do fog of War with miniatures as well mm-hmm. um, maybe um, some sort of um, AI for the for the character for the enemy yeah. so they have a set patrol patterns on a card and once they spot you then they break the patrol pattern. but unless you move as a ninja to certain positions you can't see what their patrol pattern is Uh so you can see I stood there but you don't know which way he's going to turn and walk Mm -hmm. so you have to waste time to watch him or you go in and kill him but you're on a timer to finish say the game so it forces you to take risks Mm
1: I think that would be really good. And I think that's, you know, that's a different element of gaming that we've, you know, we haven't looked at, you know, from a point of view of feudal Japan and things like that. Because that might be an interesting element to look at, you know, from the the, 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 the shogun, the creation of the shogunite, the wars that happened in Japan, you know, right the way through to the end of the era, of the samurai sort of thing.
4: It's well supported now for mm-hmm. products. You know, there's yeah. quite a lot of miniatures out there. There's Test of Honour There's lots of scenery, so I think it's. Um, it's something that people could replicate at home themselves.
1: Yeah, because there's a company, and I can't remember who it is, did a tea house as an STL file, but they in they had the um like the lanterns, you know, like the the the, the columns where uh-huh. you where a lantern would be in the middle, and it left enough room to put your own LEDs into it. Nice. so you could light it yourself so you could print as ready with the the, the hollow ready to put an LED light in and stuff
0: interesting cool.
1: all right so that's Ralph's thing he wants to do ninjas
0: of course uh, why not why not <laughs> Marty do you have any particular area of interest you would like to maybe possibly do something with
3: so there there's kind of two
0: okay Um
3: so I, uh, uh, I'm uh, interested in looking at uh, doing some Western stuff like uh, Joe uh Gunslinger's Paradise is coming out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I I've got that on my radar as well. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking that would be a pretty cool one to get into. Uh, the other one that I was looking at was uh, was pirates like Blood and Plunder or something like that.
4: Oh that'd be um, interesting that as well. That's the one I've been looking at.
3: You know, the 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 amount of uh, stuff that is available for that and and the quality is Oh yeah amazing those guys
0: uh, those guys are awesome uh i i know them and you know we actually guess were you with us when we had drinks with them at gen con two years ago yes
4: when they came Uh, over no but i was there when we visited them on the stand and they came back after for a bit yeah
3: so you know i i i think that uh you know the uh uh the the pirate genre there. Uh, in general, you know, lends itself to just so many different options. Oh, yeah. You know, there's so many scenarios. I mean, you, you can you can use the scenarios that are uh, already published. You can easily create your own scenarios, uh, you know, so there's just a lot of flexibility and a lot of ways you could go with that. I think Most that definitely. would be cool. And that would thrill my wife to, you know, no end to uh, see another you know, four walls of you know <laughs> terrain and stuff to
1: show up well, in our well, loft. <laughs> well, you're probably going to be able to scratch um, G's, um, Commodore 64 h because MicroProse and Sid Meier's Pirates. Pirates, yeah, yeah. forgot about which, that. Yeah, which would then lead itself to a, a almost like a strategy game of sorts. Yeah. Because what you could do is you could have a hex map or a map of the Spanish main, and the players are the ships moving around from port to port, tra- getting into. on, say, where the Spanish treasure fleets are, or, you know, you could have an event card that says Britain and Spain are now at war, and if you go to either one of those countries' ports, you know, divided, say say you went to Port Royal, which was under the British, um, you can get a letter mark, which means you could then go and attack the Spanish ships without any repercussions because from from point of view of the fact well repercussions from Britain, because you're under a letter of mark to attack the ships that are reward. Yeah so you could you know you could you could combine it and create a it's almost like a board game uh, in some respects or it's something you know with that and then you could link it into you know if you want to run the proper big pirate py- you know the battles physically with miniatures you can do that
2: yeah, there's an actual miniatures slash it's, it's a hybrid game you can do it either with mm-hmm. hexes or in miniatures call yep. letters of mark uh, uh, i published uh 2005 it's it's a little like you know dining room table publishing kind of a thing Mm -hmm. um you had to like make your own pieces or whatever but uh I'll, I'll see if I can find the files I've got it somewhere mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not a huge like professional like SSI kind of a game or whatever but there's a game called Letters of Mark where it's like I mean it's not about like what Ralph's talking about like an operational like here's the Caribbean or whatever mm-hmm. it's you start on this end I start on this end I have two ships you have three smaller ships the wind's blowing this way our guns have X range let's you know mm-hmm. let's do it and it's um, yeah like uh, the age of piracy maybe not exactly pirates because there's a lot more combat pirates there wasn't a lot of combat but uh you know ships of that era the late uh late 17th century early 18th century um you know like 1675
1: 1725 you know ancient piracy kind of thing. well didn't mb do a when they did shogun and Axis and allies wasn't there broadsides and boarding parties by mb and you got two huge great big, big plastic ships you put either side of the board I, uh, I actually called, don't really remember, but yeah, it sounds familiar. I think it was called Broadside and important Parties. Because it was about the same time as Shogun and Axies and Allies. No, I still have Shogun and Axies and Allies, and I've got Fortress America as well, which MB did. Oh, you, you got all the classic ones, huh? Yeah. Um, Those I are the three
2: did... I remember. I don't remember the
0: pirate one. Yeah, I don't remember the yeah. pirate one. I'm going uh. All right, so let me go my, on my list. I have uh, the Central South Pacific. Uh, we have Ninjas. We have Pirates. What was that Western game called, Marty? Uh, Gunslingers
3: Paradise. It's Good. by uh, Joe Veltri and uh, God's Eye Games.
0: Slingers. Is it an RPG or is it a miniatures game?
3: It's a miniatures game. It is not yet published. Uh, it yeah. is due to come out later this summer. Those are fall the same guys week. who do
0: Contact Front, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. yeah Well, and, uh, so along the lines of a good miniatures-based um, western is uh, our friend Forrest, um, his game. Um, it's not Desperado; that's the old version. Which Gunfighters Ball? <laughs> that's another good one. So, and his miniatures are amazing. Um, he produces stuff all the time for that. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, knuckle duster makes some. Well, that's some who it stuff. is, knuckle duster. Yeah, for And so, yeah, And, well,
3: we could, we could and, those, and those dudes us. are an hour and a half from us. Yeah,
4: uh-huh. Who knew? I've just it, posted um, an, an a image. I'm sure on the west, and the miniatures available, and, and talked through some of the ranges.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've just posted an image to our. I don't remember that game track. at all. That was the one, yeah, it's called. Uh, broadside and boarding parties and that's what you got inside of it so you got those two ships with all of those figures
0: huh no I don't remember that one at all mm. interesting that almost looks like seamon um, did a game well, yes. I have it. I don't remember what it is where you're basically, you know, two ships and you're trying to go back and forth. But, um, and there's the boat there with the ships and
1: stuff. So it does. Rum look, and bones. I remember seeing it. Rum yeah. and bones. That's I, it. Rum I and remember bones. seeing this and yeah. I wish I'd picked it up. I yeah. really do. Cause it's, I'm, you know,
0: at, at that one, I have no idea. I've never seen that one. um, <laughs> Uh, you know, there's another good modern board game out called British versus Pirates. Mm. Um, it's by a guy here in the U.S. And it's a really good game because you have to take into account wind and captain ratings and all that stuff. It's, it's a board game, but it's really fun. It does come with little miniatures, mm. um, but it's, it's a really good game. Um, so what I'm thinking of doing is we could do a poll and have the audience vote on what we should do next. Hmm. Jim, do you wanna just keep the Pacific one as like an op center and not as a gaming campaign thing project?
2: Oh, uh, that was my understanding. Okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna do three more op centers. Okay. Alright, I'm during, gonna take that off the poll list. The then. Ra- okay. Yeah, yeah, just to round off yep. that uh round off that series.
0: Okay. Uh Gas, did you have anything you wanna add and see, you know, like a project that's near and dear to your heart that we can have people like vote and see which one they'd like to see next?
4: Um, I'd like to put it out to the community for uh, what miniatures to paint. Oh, okay. So literally anything historical. All right. You get people, or patrons, uh, post um, ideas. I know what uh, you. I need
0: you to paint up next.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I need you to paint here.
0: We go. Sergeant I'd like Sint to Rep.
4: sort of just paint a single mini from different Sergeant different aspects Sint of Rep. forces, but not necessarily. Say if I was gonna do red coats, I wouldn't be looking to do a full squad of them, right. but paint one and see right. see how I get on. If I'm not happy, maybe paint another one. Gotcha. But then they're cavalry as well. Okay. And maybe an artillery piece. Alright,
0: I need uh, you to paint uh, Surgeon Sitrup.
4: Do a series of uh of, you know, historical painting really.
0: Okay. Well No, he wasn't listening. No, he's not listening to me. I need you to paint Surgeon Sitrup. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, speaking of which, all our, our Patreons should have gotten their special edition mug. I, I got a message from a couple of people saying they've gotten them. So, did you guys see the mug? Huh? Huh? Did you see uh, it?
2: I've heard that, I, uh, yeah, some members have gotten it, but I haven't seen one myself.
3: Oh, one of them, uh one, one of them posted a, uh, a picture of it yeah? in, in their message. Yeah. It looks very cool.
0: Um, are you on Skype right now, Jim, where you can get a picture?
2: Um, yeah, I'm on Skype.
0: Well, I didn't know if you're like, I know you're on an alternate device because you're in hiding. Um, so,
2: um, Yeah, I'm just on the phone. So, Yeah,
0: well, I'll send you a picture later of it, but it, it cool. is a beautiful mug and it has the famous long story short quote on it
2: oh no <laughs> yeah, it's a sign
0: you, you, it is you beautiful you really see it on the shot glass um, well believe me you can see it on this that's yep. awesome a
4: shot as well
0: so
3: so I'm thinking that if you have the set i.e. you have the uh, shot glass and the mug you know we can make
1: boiler makers and Jim's uh, nice uh, yeah <laughs> Doesn't that just become a new, brand new drinking game if you've got them both? Anyway, I don't see a problem with that.
0: Well, Does no. anybody see a problem with that? <laughs> All
2: right, I'm gonna pour a shot of booze yeah. in my shot glass. You pour a complete tumbler in the coffee mug, and it's asymmetrical drinking game. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i see you pass it up first.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So I got to figure out how to do this, Ralph. How do I do this? Do what? How do I save it? How
1: do I share a picture? Uh, share a picture, or is it from YouTube? Or no, is it just it's an from image? me. You can, if you go to the chat part, uh huh, you just drag it straight into the, you know, the box where you would normally type words. Okay. You can just drag the straight into there, and then. So where you would, where it says type a message. Just drag and drop the image into there. Gotcha. I gotcha. And then you can, yeah. Okay. I found a copy of that Broad and Bone Parties on eBay.
0: Uh-oh. How much?
1: $183 and it's what? missing some bits as well. Yeah. That's crazy. It's from 1983. Oh, sorry, 84. What? I didn't think it was that old. Yeah. Alright, Jim, I just shared it to you, bud.
0: Tell me what you think of that.
2: Uh, Let me log on my other device and see if I can see it. Okay.
0: 183.
1: Oh, it's on Steam, too? Yeah, That's there's cool. a VTT version for um, Virtual Tabletop. Okay. And I think the PDF of the rules. Okay. As well, which is interesting.
0: Well, I'm not gonna pay 183 for a game I no. know nothing about and don't even know if it's a good game or if it totally sucks. So, um, I'll get that for. that. Yeah, I, I, you know, that one I might do a hard pass on, but I don't know. We'll see. All right. Um, so right now for our poll. We are looking at Ninjas, Pirates, and Gunslinger Paradise. And then also we're gonna put up, I'm gonna start putting this stuff on uh, Facebook daily. Uh, Mm -hmm. We need suggestions for what Gaz needs to paint on his live stream. Gaz, is there a night or day that works better for you for your stream, for painting?
4: Um, not at the moment. So uh, they've got us basically working a week of days, week of nights at the minute. Okay. And that's for the foreseeable future uh-huh. to help uh, distance guys at work. So we're, we've got the crew split in half. And then in the hangar, we've got uh, spaced aircraft bays. Uh-huh. So teams go into that bay. They clean on the way in and they clean on the way out. There's a one-way system around the hangar. Uh-huh. Um, so I imagine... Uh, until everything's relaxed a lot, we will continue to do a week of days, a week of nights. So gotcha. I'm going to only be able to do every other week. Okay, well, I mean, uh, that's fine. I are, mean, does anybody see a problem with do that? A Saturday I just don't know if you want the content gap to be all the way from Sunday to Saturday. Well,
0: here's the thing if you do Saturdays, I will pick up like Thursday nights or Tuesday nights or whatever weeknight, you know, for, uh, some projects. I mean, there's enough of us that we can fill some regular, you know, if, if, if you're comfortable doing Saturdays, I'm fine. If you're comfortable doing every other week, I think that's more than appropriate. You know, whatever you feel. Yeah. That's like, plenty. Yeah. I, yeah. again, I, I mean, don't want people feeling obligated. They have to do this and it becomes a chore and it's not fun anymore. That takes all the fun out of it. Literally. Yeah. So, to, you know, I
2: did well, to be a, honest, a, sometimes it will be work. I mean, we just have yeah. a, oh no, we all know it's work. Now, I think what we what we sort of uh, promise our community is two pieces of content a week. Yeah. That can be tough when there's one person, it's tough when there's two people because now there's no flexibility. Yeah, But as soon as we have three streams of content, me, Gaz, and Gianna slash Marty, as long as we have three, then I think there's plenty of flexibility where we can always make sure that there's two pieces of content
4: at least sometime during the uh, week, first
0: podcast. Agreed. Uh,
4: now, to be honest, if they weren't live, that would be easier for me.
0: Well, here's the thing. You don't have to do it live. You can record it, and then we can just broadcast it on a day. It does not have to yeah. be live.
4: Yeah, because that gives me total flexibility. Yeah. Then um, I could just pick whichever time space during the week works best for me to record, and then we put it out. Because I have uh, no I problem doing a live stream.
0: stream. You know, um, you know, if Jim is live streaming a game, everything does not have to be live. Recorded content is perfectly okay. I mean, the podcast is recorded, for God's sake. So, um, yeah, I'm fine with that. Does anybody
1: see a problem with No, Kim? I don't see any problem. I've yeah. thought of oh, something I'm else. You certain the certainly list. aren't
2: going to be live, like I can promise you yeah. that. Yeah. That's a lot of words <laughs> in my that, idea. That,
1: That's a yeah. I've had an th- idea for something else as well, another sort of idea, possibly uh-huh. for some content, which would be, well did anybody see those free set of rules that were put out about um, it was I can't remember who it was it was put on OTT for jousting and knights it was Uh -uh. like print print off a collection of like paper models and he had some very simple jousting rules so that got me thinking about you know what about something similar to that you know where we where we try to build on you know the whole knights and jousting and tournaments and stuff like that just as a as a something silly because it's you know it's chivalry it's knights, you know it's it's you know possibly more non-historical you uh-huh. know tournaments did happen but you know you, you know i think people's impressions of knights from that sort of thing is things like the movie Night's Tale and stuff like that it was just a just a silly idea you know of some, something to look at possibly mm-hmm. you know of that but you know just a thought hmm interesting I'll see if I can find the PDF because it was only two or three pages and that included the figures you print off <laughs> oh yeah printable f- paper figures paper yeah, figures as well gotcha yeah. But it doesn't have to be. I think you know if we if we look at it, you know, maybe something down the road. We look at it. We you know, you can easily get even if you buy the the, the kids' toys and do something with paints on those. You know. Yeah. You
3: yeah, know. So yeah, I bet, I bet we can convert those to, to miniatures without uh, mm-hmm. being too much of a challenge. We can certainly yeah. find find
1: stuff like that if we wanted to. Oh yeah, I mean pursue it. Any of the Crusade stuff would probably suit. You know, any, any right. stuff from the crusade, like the knights templar and stuff like that, probably within the, the sort of the, the the view of of it. You know, with a little bit of, you know, grab some bits from like a forty k or whatever. You know, with the five plumes and and stuff, and you know, stick them on the mini for the for the plumage in the helmets and stuff like that. It's it's not rocket science, really, is it? Right. No. Yeah. Just a thought. No, that sounds interesting.
2: Excellent. If we're still adding things to the po- to the uh, poll, yes. Um, the whole idea of uh, computer gaming. Uh, that recent, I mean, as cheesy as it was, that recent Panzer General stream that we did last week actually got quite a few hits. We had a pretty good audience for it, and the the replay, at least on YouTube, has gotten quite a few views. Nice. Um, yeah, we have people asking awesome. for uh, for Crete. Yeah, because obviously there's a series of games. There's Allied General, or actually the first one's Panzer General, Allied General, um, Kaiser General for World War One, KUK, which is also Hungarian Empire and World War One, Fantasy General, Star General for Outer Space, and then they have People's General where you're the People's Republic of China and you're fighting like a near future war in Asia somewhere. So there's a lot of variations on that. If anyone was interested in that, we might take a look at that kind of thing. Well, could you not, do
4: with
2: Jim? I don't know if they have Gallipoli, and uh, I haven't looked at the Kaiser at uh, the Kaiser General version, but um, I can take a look at it and see if I have it. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool because I've always wanted to know more about Gallipoli. Seems to have slipped by a lot of people. Well. Um, another historian war gamer, another historian gamer, uh, our friend Dylan, uh, supporting of the channel, um, has recently done a really good episode on Gallipoli. Over on his uh, Anzac Week, oh, cool. uh, yeah, he's got a lot of information on that one.
1: Yeah, um, a so, sort of aside from video gaming is Electronic Arts. Um, well, it wasn't Electronic Arts. Have re released Command & Conquer?
0: Yes, they have. I mean, There's granted it's not true edition. historical,
1: but if you're a retro if gamer... If no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and the other thing on Steam that's on offer for anybody that is sort of looking at, and I don't know when this is gonna end, so I do apologize, is Steel Division 2 is on Steam sale at the moment. It's like 13.99 for that one of their, it's like a modern-ish RTS um, with tanks and all sorts.
0: Nice. So do you guys think that we should do a show related to Wargaming via computer? I mean, I'm more than happy to do that because I have a really good setup to to do it. Mm. Um, I have no problem tackling that project if you guys I, think there's interest in
1: it. I you know. think there would be. I think you know. You look at it now, and you look what's just gaming or military gaming in general. What's you know what's yeah. sort of out there? So you know, there's Steel Division 2, which is an RTS, and yeah. that's World War II. You know, it's it's Tigers, Panthers, it's German. It looks like it's Eastern Front in 1944. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got also the ones i see what's in my wish because 'cause I've got a bunch of stuff in my wish list. There's the red is it the wargamer set? So it's like red and one sec, I'll bring up the proper title. Um yeah, the war game red dragon. I have that. Yep. Yeah, but there's all of those that go with that, isn't it? Yep. yep, Um there's a company do a co op stroke almost tactical strategy game called Door Kickers Never now what's interesting one. Now, what's interesting with the way that works is you plan out before the mission so it's a bit like how the original remember the original Ghost Recon not Ghost Recon, uh, Rainbow Six game where you had to plot where you could plot where your men entered the room where they threw the flashbang and stuff like that Yeah, uh-huh. and then you could just sit and watch it it's like that oh ok so the the first edition, or the what's called Door Kickers, that's currently on Steam, is just is the SWAT teams, and you have multiple missions. Mm-hmm. There is a version coming later on this year called Door Kickers. Uh, I'll just bring it because it's in the bottom of my list. Uh, Door Kickers Two: Task Force North, and that's taking the Door Kickers premise and uh-huh. put it into uh, the Middle East into, you know, Afghanistan Afga- uh, and Iraq. You know, so so there's that. Uh-huh. Um, what else is there sitting on there? I know there's a strategy game called Afghanistan 11, which is to do with you are in charge of the coalition forces in Afghanistan uh-huh. during 2011, I think it is. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of gaming... You know, wargaming out there—that's—that's, that's, you know, that's that's doable. Yeah. And a vast majority of the stuff seems to be relatively inexpensive. Okay. You know, so so I mean, the other thing as well, which might be an interesting one, where we were talking about the bomb. You know, about the what ifs. I know on Oculus, which you have. Yep. Um. There's a. It basically puts you on one of the atolls in the South China, in the South Pacific, when they dropped one of the test bombs, you know, when they were testing in the 50s. And you're actually standing on the island when the bomb goes off. Uh Uh-huh and it it shows you what you know it gives you the effect of the bomb going off and the the cloud coming to you and then it cuts to an aerial view to show you where you are and the blast radius and stuff like that so from an shall we say from an education point of view or from an interest point of view that might be something to yeah we could do that to look at yeah. It was just something we were looking at when uh when we were looking at VR for teaching of different ways of using virtual reality to, to tell stories and look at stories. I know there's a one that we looked at which was really interesting for history. It's called Diggers. And it puts you in the shoes and you control the the character of a digger during World War One. So it's one of the Australian diggers, the guys that dug the tunnels. Uh-huh. And it puts you into the trenches in World War One. And that's free to download through Oculus. Huh, interesting. So, so you know, there's there's lots of different things because I know you did the, the dam. Was it the Blitz? Yeah, yep. It's that type of thing, but you actually control the character, so you're walking around the trenches, oh, and you nice. can go and look through a periscope and look at the other side and stuff. So okay. you know, there's there there is scope, shall we say?
0: Nice. Okay. So, um, so Sundays, Jim, you're usually doing wargaming gaming via uh, – it's not really computer. It's computer, but not computer. Does that make any sense? That yeah, any totally. Sense. Yeah, it's digital. It's digital. Thank you. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, I could do oh. Thursday night video gaming, um, you know, and Gaz – So what do we decide, Gaz? Are you gonna do every other week, or are you just gonna
4: record and we'll post it? Uh, flexibility? I, think I record at least once a week and we set the day it goes out. It's probably okay. be easy because then we can use any day. Yeah. So however you want to space it, I'll do it in the days other than that. Okay. So it's okay. ready for that day. And then it's consistent.
0: Would you like, uh say like Tuesday nights to be your night? Yeah, that's cool. Broadcast? Okay. Yeah. And that give you enough time to do whatever you want to do?
4: Yeah. I mean, I've got a weekend that way. I've got the rest of the week. Okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday is where I can probably fit in a two-hour, three-hour painting session. Okay. Okay. So that's perfect because Sunday I can send it to whoever, uh-huh. get it ready, and then uh, have somebody just proof it on Monday and uh-huh. so it can be posted up.
0: Excellent. So Tuesday nights is going to be painting with gas or uh, what do we call it? The view and brew. So view and Yep. So that'll be Tuesday nights. There you go. So we've got some painting content for Tuesday nights. Well, not um, this week. Yeah, not this week. <laughs> what? Not this week? <laughs> just, just get that caveat thing extra.
3: Get to work. Get cracking, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. You let us seat down. Excellent. Um, and then so we'll say a, the Tuesday following the airing of the show. How about that? Because that would be the next Tuesday. Yeah, sounds cool. Okay. I can
4: always stop uh, file as well then, so if I'm away for any period of time, yeah. i visiting friends in America. Uh-huh. I, don't have to do the content <laughs> I thought started. they were going
0: to be live shows. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: So, um, all right, so that's um, Tuesday nights. Um, and then Jim typically has Sundays when he's not in, you know. Off grid, um, yeah. So. Ar- so Sundays are just like the usual.
1: Yeah, yeah. nothing really changes now. Yeah, I I, it's not I think requested to a black site. I, I, I th- <laughs> yeah,
0: I think uh, Sunday is owned by the Ariskini. Um So yeah.
1: that's good. Cool. Um, Thursdays could be just. I don't think you know, just from an idea it would be not not to pigeonhole what Thursdays uh-huh. is. You know, because one day you might want to do something on, say, video gaming. The other yep. day you might want to do some painting. You might want to do something else. Yeah. You know, so so it could be a generic show or generic content. Oh, that's a great title for it. The Generic Thursday Night
0: Show. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I love it. Um, yeah, because it can be just anything. Yeah. So, um, I, so I was looking at the Phalanx website. Those are the people that make the U-Boat game. They have a new mm-hmm. game coming out called Fire in the Sky, the Great Pacific War. Oh. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Fire in the Sky is a two-player game of strategic rivalry and tactical responsiveness set during the Pacific War, which stretched between Pearl Harbor, Takia 1941 to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So, actually, it was before 1941. Let's be truthful. This is just the American involvement. Um, so... Yeah, it's just, and I still have... Is it Cruel Seas specific that I ordered? I don't even remember. The one the Warlord's putting out.
2: With no, the bigger I think capital that was ships. the War at Sea. War at so Sea, sea. So yeah. The
0: cruisers and battleships. Yeah, that, the like capital battle. ships. So, uh, we yeah, got yeah, that, that coming up. I, you know. So, yeah, all right. So, Tuesday nights. So, everybody listening, Tuesday <clears throat> nights is Brew and View. Uh, those will be recorded. So, there will not be live conversations. Thursday night will be some live something. Um, and then Sundays is gaming with Jim. And then if there's other filler in between, there'll be filler in between, but that'll be the, um, expected schedule. So the, the game you're thinking of Jay is called victory at sea. Victory at sea. Thank you. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I got that coming too. Cause I have a lot of board games. That I still have to play. I still have, you know, um, Victoria Cross, 2, Custer's Last Stand. Um, You know, I got a lot of stuff here that we got to play. So, cool. Let's get to it. I know, right? (laughs) Now now we have no excuse. So we have no excuse. And then um, there will probably be some recordings of Marty and I putting the terrain together for 13 hours. Um, Yep. You know, and like I said, we're going to do some demo plays using the... uh, Adepticon demo board uh, of different rule systems so now that you know things have eased off a little bit restriction wise I think we've we can start working on that so guys um, great start to the show uh, for season 5 believe it or not season 5 wow so I think uh, we're going to call it at that so everybody can enjoy
1: their well, Sunday. Oh, Ralph, you got something is, else? There is news. Okay, there, there go for it. There was a little news, and it is a little bit of retro news of sorts. Okay, go for it. Uh, Free League, as we all know, the the company behind the RPG Tales loop, and uh-huh. uh, the Alien, announced a new game that they've got the license for. Oh. Twilight 2000. Holy cow. So they're going to make an RPG out of Twilight 2000? Again It's a brand new Iteration of the original GDW Twilight 2000 Is coming to kickstart In August
0: Hmm Now was that originally An RPG? Yep I'm not
1: really familiar with Twilight 2000, so Uh, it was created by Games Design Workshop. um, The first edition and the second edition. They also had a semi sequel to it as well called Traveller 2300, which was taking the world of Twilight 2000 and pushing it into 2300. Gotcha. Um, There was a third edition of Twilight 2000 as well. That's done by a different company, but by the looks of it, Free League are using their. Forbidden Realms. Uh-huh. They forbid, forbid I think it's Forbidden Realms, or Forbidden Fables. They're 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 sort of the RPG style mechanic that okay. they use for because it's the way they're setting Twilight up is yes, you can be the military. So the original concept was you were troops in the in whichever military it was, trying to find your way, normally trying to find your way home. Okay. Um. I think Jim will be able to correct me on this because it's been a while since I've sort of looked through the Twilight stuff Um, uh, and it was set in Poland during that period of time so I think if I remember correctly was it a stalemate wasn't it Jim? The wall.
2: well okay the Twilight 2000 originally came out in the, like the mid 80s when the yeah. year 2000 was like the dark dim distant future mm-hmm. it postulated a third world war starting between the US I'm sorry between the Soviets and the Chinese in 1995 again that was the, the distant future in those days and wiped out like two thirds of the world's population by the time everything was done to the point yeah. where it's basically a, a, a cross hybrid genre thing between like what we would call it modern military RPG like an HK Ops thing combined with post-apocalyptic it was yeah, yeah. It, the world it, was was, the, it? it wasn't like, like like literally everyone's dead but like society itself is falling apart you were with 5th, 5th Infantry Division um, near um, I think it was Kalitz, Poland so mm-hmm. in southern Poland and Galicia somewhere and you know the war literally just the, like everything just finally fell apart um, you know so the civilization itself has certain tips tipping points and we had passed all the tipping points and the beginning of the game is you get a message from your divisional commander says good luck you're on your own yeah and then once there it's an it's an RPG you can do whatever you want the general idea is to make it back to Krakow so that mm-hmm. you can pick up a transport and get back home to the states but there really aren't any states anymore so you could yep. either try to set up like your own little bandit base or I mean who knows
1: your hmm. own little fiefdoms or yeah. you know, take out take out Marauders because there was Marauders. When we or played as become well. Marauders, yeah. Yeah. I mean when we played as well as it wasn't just uh, NATO military. We when we did it we you could also be Russian. So you could have NATO player NATO Military and Russian military almost joining together to get to Krakow um, because in the game Krakow is called a free city um, yeah. there's a collection of scenarios based in around Krakow as well and one of them is to do with the Black Madonna and stuff like that um, they did a couple of supplements additionally they did what was called like an IDF supplement which was for the Middle East which was predominantly do with the military of the Middle East and the weapons at the time so things like you could bring the because in the original rule book when it was set you didn't have things like the Galil and stuff where in the IDF book they put the Galil in and they put the M82 because it had just appeared um, in service and stuff like that or being used so you know but the way it worked as well was ammunition was very rare for certain weapons so if it's like a standard NATO weapon or a, a standard Warsaw pack weapon, you could easily get the weapon, but it was things like the the um, the M eighty two fifty Carl or that had the G eleven, which was that caseless four point seven
2: millimeter caseless ammo,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's a trying Great to get weapon, a but under.
2: good luck finding more ammo for it. Yeah. That's why hey, you know. that's why you started making mortars, because you could manufacture your own mortar ammunition. It's you know, all you do yeah. is finding a functioning garage and you have your you have unlimited ammo.
1: So they they announced that and then there been there's been a bunch of interviews around it as well, people asking questions and stuff. But that was the one of the sort of the big things was this popped up sort of out of nowhere that free league have picked it up and went well we're going to reproduce it and bring out a brand new version of it they are going to to completely redo the timeline because um. uh, they're, they're going by the looks of it they're not they're keeping it within that Twilight 2000 time period so it's no longer like future RPG it's like you know, alternate history RPG yeah by yeah. the looks of it yeah from what I've read I haven't seen anything definitive that they are going to set it within you know a more modern take within the current time period yeah you'd
2: literally have to rename the game to be like tw- uh, tw- yeah. 2050 or something mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but they're, they're, they're structuring the rules as well so you don't just have to be military so you could play it in mainland US during this time period and being, you know, survivors or people trying to eke out a colony or whatever, you know, trying to survive in the collapse of society. I think
2: you could do that in the old system. It just you had yeah. to wait for those other supplements to come out. Mm, yeah, like The original but, base set, you were with Fifth Infantry in Poland, but I, mm-hmm. almost immediately they came out with... I remember they had one about airships over the Ozarks. I mean, they they got crazy as far as, you know, you could be, it was literally a global setting. You could be anywhere in the world, but you know, if you really
1: wanted to. And then when second edition came out, they did an alternative book for second edition, which was mercenaries. So getting away from the Twilight 2000, sort of post-apocalyptic, you know, saying to being, you know, you are mercenaries operating in a world, and they brought a world book out, and they had a Bangkok source book, which was for that sort of part of the world. So, you know, it it was just interesting. That free league, I've sort of this just popped up, and it was like, and the community has sort of swelled because it was, I'm on a couple of Facebook groups, and one of the Facebook groups I was on was for Twilight 2000, and when this was announced, it just. Popped and just people are, shall we say, excited about it to say the least. Interesting. I,
0: yeah, um, I've heard of the game, I just never really played it. So, this is all you guys. Um, (laughs) that it's so they're going to Kickstarter, then, Ralph. You said in the yeah, they're going to Kickstarter with it.
1: Awesome. Um, you know, yeah, free league. I've had some very good success, especially with Tales from the Loop, and the Alien RPG. The Alien RPG is amazing. It is beautifully put together, and it just works within that in that um that whole universe. Uh-huh. The way they've structured it, it just works. And to be honest, it is the the, the game. sort of that the way Alien works is there's two ways of playing it. You can play it as You know, a standard sort of RPG campaign. So you Uh have linked missions and whatever. Normally, either Space Truck has, you know, the the standard crew within the Stromo and whatever. The other way you can play it is what's called cinematic mode, which is technically taking like some of the short stories that are produced Uh or taking the like Hadley's Hope and things like that and seeing how you would operate within that environment so there is a couple of missions with one of the scenarios i think is called the last standard hadley's hope nice and you're what a colonist it hadley's hope before aliens nice so you know what's going to happen that you're going to probably die you know or are you going to be a newton survive but the way the game is structured and the mechanics It is basically, you see a xenomorph, you are attacked by the xenomorph, there is a good chance that you will die within that combat. normally within the first round, if the xenomorph hits you. Hmm. Because they are what they are. And it's just well put together, and it's absolutely gorgeous. I do recommend anybody to have a look at it. Nice. Just the quality of it and stuff is just astounding. So if they put as much effort into that, into like Twilight 2000, that they've put into that, to have another winner on the hands. Excellent. So,
0: all right. We'll look forward to that. So, uh, last bit of news, if you guys uh, haven't followed what uh, I posted on Facebook a week or so ago, uh, Sitrep Podcast now has its own dedicated server. Um, I, for all you computer geeks out there, because this really doesn't mean a lot to me, I just know it's a lot of storage, uh, we have gotten our hands on a HP DL380 G8 server. Um, what does that mean? It's a big server. Uh, it has two 8 core processors at 2.2 gigs, 128 gigs of RAM, 12 drives for a total of 44 terabytes of storage. So, uh, yeah. So it's quite ba-
1: a big That is
2: a beast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
3: beast. So it's it's got plenty of horsepower.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're gonna get that baby set up because we have dedicated fiber optic line here at the studio. Um, so that will be where we're gonna host our armor server on there. Uh, probably we'll host our uh, DCS World server on there. Um, Oh, which by the way, they came out with super carrier freaking amazing. When you actually get to see the flight crew hook you up to the catapult and stuff, it's amazing. Um, So I've been goofing around with it a little bit. So we'll get that all up in there. And then, um, you know, we'll do some probably uh, file sharing on there. You know, like if you want to post pictures and stuff. I don't know. I got to get our friend Chris over here to help get it set up so it's running right. Um, But we'll get it going. But yeah, Marty and Chris carried it in last weekend. And it's huge. So I, Notice he said Marty and Chris because
1: it's a yeah. two-man lift. Oh, yeah, it will be. <laughs> the, the server noticed, weighs like 85 yeah. pounds. <laughs> I'm just waiting for G to spend all the money on DCS to get everything. I nearly I, died when I saw the price. You know what? Um,
0: I, I'm i not because there's some yeah. aircraft I'm really not interested in. Yeah. Um. I, I can't wait for the Super Hornet to come out. Mm. Uh, that looks really that good. Was, I did buy the Huey. That's a Hornet, sorry. And, and I love the Huey. Yeah. Um, mm. I got to get my dad over here and have him jump in. Cause he's a Huey pilot. You're so give that poor guy flashback. I know, <laughs> but I want to see how he does. I mean, you know, I, it, you know, from the startup and everything I, it'll be, you know, obviously I got to get him used to using an Oculus cause it's not like you can just, you know, it's not that easy. So, but yeah, I, I definitely want to get him over here and have him try hop into the Huey and fly it. Um, but yeah, DCS World just blows my mind. Um, I would like to see. Um, I'm gonna look at to some other war games that are you know server hostable. Mm-hmm. Hostable is that a word? Um, yeah. And um, you know, and see if we can get like some. Uh, tournament games going on, you know, maybe like, uh, we could do like, I don't know, some Napoleonics or civil war or something where you guys can pick your own, uh, army, you know, like the Austrians and whatever. And, and we can have little battles, you know, based on the server and see who comes out the winner at the end and stuff like that. So yeah, but we're going to have to definitely have the computing power for it. So,
1: well, the one to look on might be was might be that VTT, you know, the virtual tabletop.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. Um, We will definitely see. So, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up at that. Uh, We got a lot on our plate. Um, So I'm going to make a dedication that I'm going to update and post things daily on Facebook page. Uh, Jim, did you get your super secret Facebook page going yet? Uh, No, I got to figure out how to do that.
2: (laughs) I think it's going to be I just have to set up a new uh, because it won't Mm -hmm. let you set up a new account. Without either a phone number, and I'm sorry, Facebook is not, Facebook is not getting my phone number. Yeah. Um, or like a new Gmail account. If I can do it with a throwaway Gmail account, I'll figure out a way to do it. Okay. Sure, sure. Sure. Just do- you, you know what? You yeah. can do it. You can yeah. use
0: a uh, Google Voice phone number. Right. Mm-hmm. Just use a Google Voice phone number, um, and that way, they they'll send you a text message. It'll go through your Google Voice, and then Google Voice will forward it to you. So that way, they don't have direct access to your your personal information. So sweet. Okay. All right, guys, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Um, Happy supper time over in the U.K. And to everybody out there, we will see you shortly. So we're starting to ramp up. So remember, Tuesday nights will be Brewing View with Gaz. Uh, Thursday nights will be the general show. And then Sundays is a risky Sunday. So, uh, guys, thank you very much, and we will see you soon. Everybody take care. (laughs)